Oh, oh, oh. Setting the mood. All right. What's up? What's up, you guys? Uh, welcome to the Ratchet Dojo, episode two, season three. What's up, you guys? What's up, man? Hello, hello. Oh, thanks so, for having me. Oh, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Lawrence Pactor. Is that how you say your name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you nailed the first part, Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence. He's coming all the way from where are you from? <laughs> San Diego, California. San Diego, California is visiting New York City. That's what's up, Lawrence. Well, what's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to New York. <laughs> I, I love New York. I love being here. Really? Yeah, yeah. I uh, my my dad's from New York. Okay. Yeah, and is so it, what part? Uh, I want to say he grew up in the Bronx. Nice. No way. Yeah. So it was OG. Yeah. OG yeah. New Yorker. Born in 71. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. He's, been, right. he's seen a lot of stuff out here then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, growing up, I had a lot of family out here. So I'd be here once a year, maybe twice a year. Nice. Uh, going back from Germany to New York, back and forth, down to Florida. I got a grandma down there. And then we moved to the, the States later on. But yeah, I love being in New York. That's good. That's good. All right, let's talk a little closer to the mic, guys, so that yeah. the, the listeners can actually hear you. So, guys, uh, Lawrence is um, he's involved with Hyperfly. You own Hyperfly, or no, no, no it's a family business. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a, <clears throat> I'm the creative director. Nice. Okay, okay but it's, it's a family business, so it's it's yours basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, no, it's my mom, my dad, my sister, myself, yeah. and then my brother occasionally, and then we get our employees and all that. So, how did that come about? Uh, yeah, let's start from the. From the very start, uh, moved moved to the states when when I was fifteen. I think it was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. um, and then was just looking for something to do. My parents were looking to put me in some sort of martial art, and I think that was like right as at the boom of the MMA industry in in, in the U.S. What do you know, remember? What year it was? Uh, yeah, I think I got into jiu jitsu late two thousand nine. That's the same time as me. How old are you? 28. 28 hours, we're around the same age. Yeah, so yeah. Nice. Man, shut up, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Adult division. <laughs> they haven't even made masters yet. What's going on here? You guys haven't even had your uh, harps broken yet. <laughs> I have shoes older than you guys. <laughs> right. so, so Lawrence is a purple belt. Yep. Yeah. Where did you start training when you, uh, when you got here? Hmm? Where did you start training when you got uh, here? Started at Gracie Baja. Got my blue belt relatively quick under the... GB system, and then my dad thought it was a good idea to go test my blue belt out at like different schools in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know like why he had that idea, but we drove to University of Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. uh, and I took my first like you know, like class there. Like I've never cross trained anywhere. Like I wasn't doing open maps or uh, mats mm-hmm. or anything, and uh, I just like I just got tossed around and got my ass kicked by a bunch of white belts. So I took my blue belt off, gave it to Salo, and started from scratch as a white belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, why? Why? It just didn't feel right. Like I just like felt so like I just felt so lost. And like I think it was probably uh, a lot of it was like the the judo stance that they have there. They they start from their feet, they get their grips, and then I just you know it just it just didn't didn't feel right. And I just wanted to uh, I wanted to have that blue belt and not the one I had. And it's not against like the GB system at all. It's just like, it's just a different way. Right. And I think I really wanted to compete and like, I'd like that mindset they had and mm. the tradition at the school. So you got your second blue belt there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I, got my, I got my orange belt. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then later on, yeah, I got my blue belt. And then from there, 
uh, I trained all over the place, all over San Diego. I, I trained in an affiliate uh, of Hibera Jiu-Jitsu, like in, in North San Diego. And then from there, I went to surf fight with Joel Tudor and then surf fight shut down, went to Studio 540, uh, then moved around San Diego a little bit again, and now I'm at Alliance in Miramar. With mm-hmm. So your parents got you into it first? Or yeah, yeah, my parents got me into Jiu-Jitsu. And then uh, when as I was getting my blue belt at Gracie Baja, my dad, he really wanted to get me like a super nice belt. Like mm-hmm. with my name on it, mm-hmm. and he's always been in apparel manufacturing and production. Oh no way! Yeah, so he like knows the ins and outs of the business, and uh, he just ended up finding a, a gi factory that could make belts, right? Yeah. And then he's like, "Well, we should just make gis." And then when I started training at Sal's and Shanji, we had this name, "Do or Die," and we've been sitting on it for a while. And we were doing some stuff with it in Germany, um, but nothing in the like in the martial arts industry. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to the next, and we we started making gis for Salo and Shanji at the university. That was like our first gi that we ever made. And then from there, uh, the brand just kind of started growing. Mm-hmm. We came up with the first gi model that was the Hyperfly and then quickly realized that the Hyperfly was a better name, more family friendly, right? What was the name before? Do or Die. Oh, do or Die. Yeah, yeah. You know, another place that says that, right? Bedsty. <laughs> Bedsty, Do or Die. <laughs> And it was literally do or die over there. Yeah, that's a very that's a very Brooklyn term. Right Maybe there. that's where he got it from. I mean, hey, you never you know. know. You could be right. <laughs> yeah. How, how'd you guys get with uh, Hyperfly? The name Hyperfly. Um, it's it's all Pascal. Like he, I mean, he grew up uh, doing rap music. When he first moved to Germany, he actually had like a, a contract with Warner Music for like, like techno rap. And he was like touring Germany. And I met my mom at a cafe and wouldn't leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Typical jujitsu guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think a lot of his inspiration for the brand, like, originally came from uh, from rap music, from from Nike, you know. Oh, then he definitely knows about Beds Die, Do or Die. Oh, I mean, sure, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So, yeah. so, for you, what are your inspirations in, I'm guessing... You know, especially in that hip hop community, like, are there any artists that kind of stick out to you that kind of give you influence for some of your brand, like your apparel? Not necessarily for for me too much. Like, I listen to all kinds of music, but I don't I don't listen to mu- too much rap and hip hop. Oh. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you guys are really involved in streetwear, though, right? Like, um, yeah. you guys were at ComplexCon. Yeah. Well, we're we're trying to organically grow into streetwear without like losing our roots or, or you know i think that's where a lot of brands go wrong when they're when they come up under you know, a niche sport or just any niche market and then they try to push outside and yeah, you guys have like really dope collabs on there like carhartt right champion yeah 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 i've yeah, seen the champion one that was nice yeah more more to come yeah but yeah the champion one was a complex con event nice Good, that's good. Yeah, and I saw the this past year was it this year or last year? Um, that guy Kai, right? What's his name? Yeah, Kai. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him on the um that Netflix show. Uh, man, he was popping on there. He was yeah. so cool. The uh, hype. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. hype. Yeah, yeah. How are you friends with him? Uh, it was just an LA connection through one of our manufacturers in LA, and Kai walked in one day, and we started chatting, and and you know, became good friends, and we've been working on a on a project. We've been. It's just like he's so busy after that show, he just blew up like. Yeah. He'd tell me like he would reload his Instagram page and it'd be like another ten thousand people, another five thousand people, you know, and then everybody's spamming him and, and trying to do projects with him. So we're 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 working on something though. Something so cool, man, with with his uh his imagery, you know. Yeah, that he has a really style, unique right? style. Yeah, yeah. I think Wiz was on that show too. He was like a, a judge. He really right. liked uh something that he did. Right. Yeah. It was super cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, what about the, um, I want to ask you about the, uh, the corporate stuff with the Facebook and Google, I think it was. Yeah. Guys, how did that come about? Um, it's just like jujitsu is everywhere. They have that on the campus? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's teaching that at the, uh, uh campuses there? There's a, f- there's a few. That's the job a job I want. I want to go Silicon Valley. I mean, they have, they have <laughs> Google <laughs> Word up. There's a Google headquarters down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Justin above Chelsea Market, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was there. Phone well, I'm not there. sure if it's still yeah. there, but yeah, it's yeah. probably still there. Yeah, it's everywhere though. But like, yeah, I mean, put in good, put in good word if they need a judo instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I wear a Google gi. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's just random people, you know, reaching out, and, yeah. and or sometimes you're just training in an open mat somewhere, and you meet someone, and you know. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of interesting about jujitsu because um, you, you, so many different people, you know, from all walks of life and, and, and kind of jobs, I guess it's like a very accessible to most people. Um, and you, you never know who you're really going to bump into, you know what I mean? Like whether it's an actor or a CEO or whatever, right? Yeah. It's kind of wild. Let's talk about the one. Keanu Reeves, we've seen him wearing a lot of Hyperfly. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> when he's in a gi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Have you met Keanu? Have you trained with him? I've trained with Keanu, yeah. Oh, what's he like? Yeah, Did he I- suck? Did he, was he like a spazzy <laughs> white belt? <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here no, first. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one of the hardest working people in the industry, right? Of course, of course. And uh, incredibly talented, and, and but Jiu-Jitsu's heart, I mean, there's two sides to it. Like the, the stuff you see on the screen, of um, course. They, they work hours and hours to get that perfect, right? And it works on screen. But then I think applying it in an actual role and being, you know, actually applying what you're learning and not just like breaking down a perfect throw and stuff, it's it, it's harder, right? It's much right, harder. Right. But uh, I mean, I can't, I can't take anything away from Keanu. Oh, of, of course. <laughs> Do you know what belt he is? Has he? Has he well, no, he, he's actually like a black belt now. They gave him like an, an honorary black belt because of his just being a representative of jiu-jitsu yeah, or, or judo or whatever. I, be- I believe, so if it serves me right, and I've seen the picture of it, I think I posted it on the Kano page. They actually gave him an honorary black belt in judo. Oh, word? Yeah, because uh, the three-time uh, Olympic champion, Nomura, actually gave him his judo black belt. Because of what he's been able to do in John Wick, mm-hmm. a lot of the techniques that he's been mm-hmm. able to execute in, I believe, John Wick 2, where a majority of all the takedowns were like judo throws. I'm mm-hmm. sitting there watching, and I was just like in shock. I was like, this guy is doing all this, and it's him. Mm-hmm. It's no one else. You know, so that that's a true testament yeah. to his hard work. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think... Um, for me, I'm, I'm actually entering the world of acting and stunts and stuff because I'm realizing that the more the more perfect it is, um, applicable in judo or jujitsu, the worse it's going to look on screen. Like for example, like a punch, a straight punch. Like if you throw a jab, it you it's actually terrible for you to turn your knuckles in to to, to make sure that the the first two points of uh, your knuckles turn uh, make contact. It's actually better if you just do like. That, that one inch punch that <laughs> Bruce Lee used to do, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or like if you throw a hook, you gotta throw it like really wide. wide. Yeah. And so the uglier, they call it uh, uh, make it ugly. It's like the uglier it is, the better it looks on screen. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, perfect technique doesn't always translate on Absolutely, on yeah, absolutely. And it's also, some of it is just too complicated to actually, oh, absolutely. you know, to make it look good on the big screen. Yeah, and, and they, they want the, the, the flashy throws anyway. 
yeah. and the flashy submissions. Yeah. But I, I gotta say the um the place that Keanu trains at and and where he you know came up through mm-hmm. Earl of John Wick, uh, eighty seven eleven in Inglewood in, in L A California. Yeah. Incredible place. Mm. It, it's like a giant man cave with like all the coolest toys and props and and guns and cars. Yeah. Who, who runs that, that location? Um. I thought it was. Dave Camarillo? No. Yeah, I, was like, he, yeah, I know he Dave, trains Dave, there, Dave. Dave was teaching there for yeah. a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have so many stunt they, they performers have, there. They have people coming in and out. In yeah. And That's what I figured. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Here in New York, um, there's a place called, the. I go to the Brooklyn Zoo. So it's kind of like a parkour. Um, it's not a zoo zoo where like there's animals. I was about to ask you, you, you train at the Brooklyn Zoo. So uh, my friend Duan, who is uh, actually um, a stunt performer, um, and he's the one that introduced me to four levels. So the first level is just kind of like gymnastics. They have like trampolines and like you jump into this big, it's not ball, it's like a ball pit, but it's like cushion pit. And yo, I did that. I jumped in. Yo, the hardest part about that was just like getting out of it. <laughs> and then there's trampoline on the second floor. They have the parkour. That's pretty much where we do all sorts of falls and stuff. But um, but yeah, like I know that in the West Coast, all the stunt perform- that's most... Uh, there's a lot of places where you can be um, learn stunts, so yeah. Eighty seven is like the the eighty seven eleven. Eighty seven eleven. Yeah. Why why does everybody have like nobody has like real names there? Like there's five forty studios. There's eighty seven eleven. <laughs> there's seven <laughs> eleven. Great point. Great point. Remember, this is Ratchet Dojo, <laughs> not the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> so from your um, Lawrence, from your streetwear, like. From Hyperfly, since you guys started, you guys started like 2010, 11, when you guys started trading? Or? 11. 11, yeah. yeah. So how long did it take for your company to like start picking up traction, you would say? Were, were there like growing pains or how many years were you guys like, were like, aha, like you had that aha moment, you know what I mean? Or, um, I think they come and go. Really? Yeah, the aha moments yeah. come and go. Are they like collabs or do you, or do you see like a certain gee on a celebrity or an athlete, musician? Yeah, whether it's like a, a collaboration, a bigger project, uh, a, a new product that we're releasing. Um, I I want to say the the uh, the movie star stuff is really cool, but it it's not. It doesn't actually have that big of an impact. Like it gets people talking, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think the I think your products are the most important part, right? Mm-hmm. Like the because we have Keanu wearing it, or we'll have like Tom Hardy wearing it, um, and it's really cool and it's like a, a amazing support, yeah. but. It, I think at the end of the day, like the aha moment comes when like we release a new product and like people are liking it, people are buying it, people are leaving good reviews, and it just the everyday just, consumers, right? The everyday the consumers, fans, right? yeah, the yeah, fans. Yeah, it, yeah. it just feels the best. Everything else is is great, and but they're like extreme highs and then lows, right? But the consistency comes from the consumers and like day to day stuff that we do. Where was like the um, where you, where something clicked? Like was it like a certain ghee that popped off or? Was it like a belt or like what product were we I like, mean, oh man, we're getting so many orders. We're, right, right. You know I mean? like, it's it's funny, like um, one of them was definitely the Carhartt uh, Whip collaboration mm, that we yeah, did. Yeah. That, that was huge. That was like our first big collaboration out, outside, yeah. out to the world. We yeah. were doing it in Europe, here in the US, you know. Um, and just using their the duck canvas material was really cool because it wasn't mm. something that's been done before. But then sometimes it's just like as simple as like a, a new belt with a You Can't Teach Heart written on it. I remember when we first released that, people were like going crazy for it. And it was just something that was relatively easy to do, but was a huge hit. Mm. Right. I have one Hyperfly product. You need more. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rose, 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 um, I just want to say, Rose said that Rose is a short old guy. It's not because of that. It's just like, you know, hey, listen, you know, I, like um, I'm a, what do you call it, an ambassador for short old, so that's pretty good. So before that, I was um, with, with Inverted Gear. Uh, but my only inv- Hyperfly that I purchased was when the Philippines. Um, the Rash Guard? Yeah, I got that one. And I actually just wore it for like a scene in, um, in, a, in, in, in acting, so for a promotion. Uh, not promotion, but just like one of those castings. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah. I had to wear it because I was doing what's called. You, you guys ever watched Peacemaker? That, yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I did a scene from Peacemaker, and I had to wear like like a superhero thing. So I had to wear Captain Filipino. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was mad tight because I gained some weight, so I was oh like constantly God. like this, like in front of people. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a that was a dope collab. Yeah. yeah, or not collab, but just dope product in general. Yeah. Um, now, as far as anyway, hold on, I just want to ask you a quick question. We were talking about short roll, but um, did they? What's the story behind the belts? Did you guys have a beef behind the belts? Who made the belt first? Oh, wait, 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 wait. What beef? This is the Ratchet Dojo. I mean, what, we got to ask. I know, the hard I know. But what man. beef is this? Something like a know. ten or twelve count stitch on a belt, or whoever's writing something on. Yeah, 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 yeah Ratchet yeah, Dojo is gonna come up with thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was that belt with the printing on it, and it was just like sold like. But you guys did they it first. Were, that's on. That's on record. We were first, no less. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's yeah, okay. it's a tight industry, right? Bang or, bang, or, and it, it's constantly growing. <laughs> uh, and I think there's. I used to lose sleep over competitors and other brands and yeah, stuff, yeah. and I don't really anymore because there's there's so much playroom for everybody. Right, right. But so, yeah, there's little things occasionally. You know, is everyone cool in the uh, the Cali space? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. we're all good. We're good. All right, can I just reel this back in? Because, like, um, you know, I feel like we have a lot of people that uh, are not familiar in the world of uh, fashion and stuff. So can you describe to us, like, what your role... I know there's, like, there's the company, and then there's, like, you know, the the person running it. And, but you, what does a creative director mean? Um, well, to start, I would say that I only have gotten this, like, official title, like, I don't know, it was, like, a year or two ago. Before that, it was, like, uh, just everybody wears many hats, right? So right. I was doing all the social media, um, a lot of the designs, um, and just kind of like whatever needed to be taken care of, whether it's like packing in the warehouse or just kind of all over the place. And as our team is growing, we we're able to delegate more of the projects, um, hire more people to design- be designated on our social, help out with the academy stuff, like, you know. So what I do is I oversee our social channels. I oversee... Um, our entire custom department, and then uh, I work on like all the new products. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, photo shoots, like just like the the creative part that's that the world sees, like the outside of got it. it. Got Do you it. have a background in like photography, videography, or no? None of just it. Kind of picked it up. As none of it. Yeah. I learned learned on the job. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. We we started the. I graduated in 2012. Uh, started the brand in 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just working in a bunch of different restaurants while the company was growing out of our garage. Uh, and then we started getting busier. I would come home. I would like help out packing orders. And then eventually it was just like, look, you can't go to work today. You got, you got to help out here. Right. And then eventually I was able to quit and, and go full time. And nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I really love the, um, Stuff you're doing with that? Who's that guy? The white belt Dan man, like white belt Dan. So funny. So, dude, I I subscribe just for that, bro. Seriously, like, on the <laughs> what's real, that? So what's funny. that? I don't he's know what that guy, is. Man, they they 
what, what's the story behind this guy, man? They just like fuck with him. <laughs> like, like yeah, we, on yeah. We, so White Belt Dan is one of our employees. He works in the warehouse uh, and he's just a funny dude. Um, does he actually train or? Yeah, he does. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think he would be White Belt Dan if he was training. You know, like we, we he he has done enough classes and he occasionally go. But um, the, the whole funny part is that he's constantly trying to escape from from training and trying to find ways out. <laughs> Shout out to White Belt Dan. So this, this man's is, funny as shit. This, this, is still, this is the Valentine's Day video that we did. Um, and he is on a date. And the whole the whole spiel is that he's constantly trying to get his blue belt without training. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's a unique like, it's not, it, you know, it's a common problem within jujitsu. I agree. Um, and so there he is, and there is his blue belt that he took on a date. <laughs> so I guess we were just kind of trying to highlight some of like the most like simple everyday you know problems that any like white belts blue belts anybody that trains jiu-jitsu encounters you know whether you wake up and you're just unmotivated and you want to blame it on your wrist slightly hurting you know <laughs> and just trying to find a way out <coughs> oh no my. yeah <laughs> and we've always run our social media pretty like tight and strict and yeah, yeah. we wanted like a more playful creative outlet yeah. to kind of mm -hmm. show like a human side you know yeah um and so yeah we white belt dead honestly it came he came up so organically in the brand yeah. it was just like something that happened and we were, we were joking around the warehouse and and then you know throwing around names and then white belt dan was created that's kind of cool yeah. so, so um what is the criteria for an athlete to be sponsored by hyperfly oh oh, oh this is what everyone is li listening yeah, <laughs> yeah you know the, the thing is, is that i know right no the reason why i asked that is because i have seen a lot of people look uh, i have a couple of friends of mine that are actually sponsored freddie he was a member here as well. Ray Martinez, yeah, yeah, yeah he's he, a man. Yeah, he was a member over here, Kano. So, yeah. you know, he, great guy, a martial artist. You know, when you see somebody, that's, yeah, he started out doing karate. He did judo here. He's a brown belt in jujitsu. He works with a lot of different people. He, he, he's he, he's a wonderful soul to work with. You know, but I've seen so many other athletes looking for sponsorship and. You know, sometimes they go down a wrong direction and they don't embody what the brand really is. So I, I want to know what's what's kind of the, the, you know, the criteria for athletes to really try to get into a brand. Not necessarily yours, but it would be good for, you know, I want to know about Hyperfly. Yeah. Um, so the way we run business is it's a family business. So we run it like a family. Mm -hmm. um, we work with an athlete. We don't, obviously winning is like, is what gets most people noticed, right? Like that's how you, you know. Uh, but what we really look for is consistency, um, and we 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 build long-lasting relationships with our athletes. So we have, I think we work with like four or five black belts that we've been sponsoring since blue belts. Nice. So through all up up and downs, you know, like through through all of it, we've stuck to them and they stuck to us. Uh, and so obviously. I guess it's it's a display of heart, um, and it's it's not all about winning, but it's the way you carry yourself on and off the mats. Mm -hmm. So how you react to to the losses and what you do with it, um, how you react to your wins and where you go from there, mm -hmm. um, and we we try not to get too involved in like the political stuff. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's always out there, but really for us, it's it's about heart and 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 uh, and displaying that. And when you say political, you're not talking about like the war that's going on in like Ukraine. You're talking about like internal, like jujitsu drama. 
Yeah, jujitsu drama. Um, but then also like I think it's been really hard running like running away from politics the last couple of years, like trying to not engage mm-hmm. with them because oh, yeah. it's seeing this uh, Ukraine T-shirt that you guys put yeah, up here. There you go. It's really cool. That's dope. Yeah, that's the that's really our foundation. We started the mm. Ukanti Heart Foundation, um, and so we we're always trying to do something to help out the community. And we actually have a distributor in Ukraine that we've been working mm. with. He's like one of our oldest distributors, um, and therefore we wanted to do something for the community out there for the Jiu-Jitsu community. And that's why we we created that shirt. Sick, sick. Cool, man, dude. Look at these uh, this Laker ones too, man. Lakers. NBA lab, how are you guys doing these? Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's let's get back to the to his original question, okay. which is like you know the, the criteria, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, with the sponsorship, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, heart, um, and then just just carrying yourself like a champ, whether you're losing or not. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, um, and and we're always there for our athletes. Mm-hmm. I think we actually go above and beyond for a lot of our athletes. What we do, because um, I feel like most brands. Um, are kind of always betting for you to be on the podium. Mm-hmm. And when you're having, you know, a bad day, a bad week or a bad year, or you have an injury, um, they kind of put you on ice and they put it on pause. Um, and we've never really done that. That's hard. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's always going to be a, a little bit of a battle, especially when athletes are, they go through their own things, you know, and, and there brands are constantly doing that. Yeah. The, yeah. The human, the yeah. human makes a lot of sense. But that's kind of what, when, we go out of our way not to not to drop you or not to you know put you on ice. Mm. We expect the same return. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. we we expect to support. We we expect you to stand behind the brand. Mm. Um, and so yeah. it's a it's a two way street. It's not we don't want you just to win and you know. Mm. Is there ever a time where you do not sponsor a- that you sponsor athletes that are not like uh, competitive athletes? Keanu uh, Reeves, right? <laughs> Keanu Reeves is just like, we just got lucky. You yeah. Know? It was just, yeah. A, just a great friendship. I'm, I'm good friends with Jeremy Marinas, who's um, one of the stunt guys out of 87, who's making a huge name for himself in the stunt world. Um, and we became good friends over, over the years. And I'd go up to LA, just train with them. And, you know, you just train, hang out with them. And then Keanu Reeves walks in or uh, Jason Momoa or, you know, <laughs> just random people, Halle mm-hmm. Berry. So it's just like it's timing, but yeah, I guess like yeah, we have sponsored you just, people. You just drop some beefy names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have uh, uh, we have sponsored people that um, aren't necessarily jujitsu athletes, but uh, but are are athletes and they're just playing hard and mm-hmm. and other sports. Nice, nice. Yeah. Are, are there any athletes that you really enjoy working with, like uh, like one that stands out and like you have a bright future for so far? Um. And I'm, and I mean, I guess I'm not supposed to pick favorites. Yeah, but Keenan, right? Keenan, we don't work with Keenan anymore. No more, no, no, no more, no more. My bad. No, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> Keenan's great. He's yeah. he's he's a, he's an incredible dude. But he's also he turned from uh, I, w- I want to say like a, a an athlete to a businessman. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you yeah. go that direction, it gets more complicated. And what do you mean? Like he opened up his own gym? Well, he opened up his own gym. Um, Is and it Legion? Legion, yeah, mm-hmm. Legion. He opened up his own gym and, and was just, uh, I think, was trying to, you know, graduate to like a black belt businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, there's like other complications that come into play, right? When you're not just being an athlete anymore, but you're also trying to work on a business level. And, and, and I, I think Keenan was just going in a different direction than we were. And so we ended it on good notes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, That's we still great. occasionally talk, but 
I mean, he's like a mile and a half away from our office. We're we're like right in that area. Yeah, but uh, what I was gonna say was uh, Isaac, Isaac Bahensi, mm-hmm. and down in uh, Sao Paulo. Oh. Yeah, he started Dream Art. I don't know if you guys are familiar with with Dream Art. No, what is that? Uh, Dream Art is so Isaac got his black belt um, through Alliance down there, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously. Uh, one of like the the best competitors we've been working with him since he's a blue belt multiple time world cha- world champion at all belts um got his i think he won worlds 2000 the last the last one right before covid hit so like 2019 i think mm-hmm. um and then he started a at like a non-profit mm-hmm. school down in, in sao paulo it's called dream art and it basically takes in kids from um from the streets and from all kinds of schools and is not only teaching them jujitsu, but also um, English. Um, I think even giving them housing, giving, wow. how, teaching them how to be uh, business people. You know how to how to know what to ask for uh, as you're coming up as a jujitsu athlete. You know, making the right deals, making the right decisions. Uh, so really, like uh, a guidance through like the the, the crazy storm of jujitsu because jujitsu is. It, you can really you can really make it in jiu-jitsu now there's so many opportunities for oh you God, yeah. right like i think when we all first started training th- there was you know it, we didn't have the spotlight that we have now no not at all like uh as a as a person looking in from the judo perspective i'm purely a judo guy and to sit there and watch the amount of money that is being distributed to athletes uh in jiu-jitsu, it's astonishing, you know. Like, uh, I know that that's kind of the reason why there's a lot more cross-promotion between judo and jiu-jitsu. Because judo, is, it may be an international sport, but jiu-jitsu seems to really, they're doing very well in terms of the marketing and, you know, competition and creating these super fights. And, you know, I think recently, uh, what was it? I think uh, Gordon Ryan just recently got a sponsorship with Bitcoin. and $100,000. <sighs> Come on. What, just to wear a shirt? Just to just have the logo on it. I think they're his main sponsor for ADCC. That's awesome. This year. Yeah, That's awesome. You know, like and he just he just did a post that he pulled in another 100 grand from someone else, apparently. Yeah. So. Damn. That's a, lot, that's a lot more than some of these judo players. They've been in the, they've been <laughs> in the works for, for years. They've been ringing bells, but, you know. I mean, professional you know, MMA fighters are not even pulling that much. Yeah, they're not professional. They're professional Jesus. fighters. You know, it's, what, it's a struggle. So what do you think is... Where does the gap come from? And with, because I know I understand that judo had a harder time growing, like getting bigger in the U.S. because of wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but judo is huge in Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's big in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what happened? I I think that it's now starting to recognize its worth, and it's becoming a little bit more. Uh, it's working a little bit more on its marketability. Uh, if you, kn- I remember back then when I used to watch judo clips, you would see, okay, these two fighters are coming out. Now they're coming out with stats. They're talking about uh, their favorite. Uh, you know, you, you're diving a little bit deeper into each athlete, and then the the organizations, the countries are now starting to dish out more money because back in my day, you know, I'd do well in an international competition. I wouldn't get anything. But now you're starting to see it at Olympic qualifiers where people are making two, three thousand uh, dollars uh, a uh, competition, and you might even be taking third. You know, so it's been it's getting a lot better now. And you know, I think what kind of hurt a little bit of judo is the fact that it's super traditional. 
it's uh and when sometimes when it's a little too traditional it kind of puts you in a box you know sometimes you really have to think outside that box to make it grow and um i think they're gonna figure it out along the way you know so you know but i i, I like where the, the direction that jiu-jitsu is taking and and i hope that there are a couple of things that get refined to make it an olympic sport because i think it's a beautiful art and I think the collaboration between both. I, I've I've seen your hyperfly gi that has uh, the judo uh, judo fly. Cup. I just got that one. Yeah, Thank you, man. that thing is so sick. It's sexy, man. And I'm I, I've, I'm a purist. I I like the blue and the blue and the white gi. But when I saw a black gi that had that judo cut, I was like, yeah, yeah, you got my attention. <laughs> I don't think there's any other jujitsu company that has a judo gi like that, right? I, I think that, that has yeah. the. I, I, the skirt with the diamond pattern, right? Yeah, it's becoming more common. Yeah, so, right. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing it more and more. But okay. yeah. uh, the seven, the f- seven fifty judo gi that we, the judo fly that we make, I take a lot of pride in that gi. I, lo- I, lo- I love working on those. Yeah. The elbow patches and the knee yeah, patches. The thi- yeah, the thickness of the gi is just different. You know, like it's not like it's a, a hybrid. Yeah, it's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? We got so nice. we got the judo fly, which is like the with the. That's what it's called, judo fly. Yeah, the judo fly. <laughs> Whose yeah. idea? Man, they got some dope ass street yeah. names there. That's what's <laughs> up. Let it out, you know? yeah. Judo fly. I yeah. know uh, it, it was my dad and I. We, we worked on it together. Was, I, actually, the the idea of using a judo skirt first came from Shanji when mm-hmm. we were making geese for him, mm-hmm. and then there was a four fifty, and then we kind of like took it further from there and created the seven fifty. Uh, but we also have the Judo Fly X, which is the, the competition style nice. gi. So it doesn't have the elbow patches. Are those allowed to be used in uh, jiu-jitsu competitions? Yeah, yeah. We we launched the Judo Fly X, uh, I want to say Worlds 2017 or 18. Oh, nice. Um, but when we first launched the gi, it had extra sleeve stitching, like seven inches of extra sleeve stitching, mm-hmm. extra material to make it even harder to the grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I, I think after a year it got banned by the IBGF. Like whenever we create something new, they, they usually try to ban it because it, it, I actually, this is my least favorite part about um, trying to work on competitive geese that give athletes somewhat of an advantage without, you know, really changing the silhouette too much, mm-hmm. but just little key things that make geese harder to grip or make him slightly better. Mm-hmm. The IBGF always comes in and takes it out. Mm. So... I mean, there's an IBJJF. IBJJF. So yeah. if you're competing in Naga with that with a hyperfly, you, you're golden. I think Naga, you can wear like a camel gi, right? <laughs> I could probably go like this right now, and they would let me enter the tournament. Right? <laughs> no, but I mean, there's all these other competitions now, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's another one? Grappling Industries. Did they let you? So it's it's mainly IBJJF that's giving you yeah. a lot of static. Yeah. They're, they're the only ones. Got it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I. They rolled out. Uh, they uh, rolled out a new set of rules about two years ago, and they haven't actually applied them yet. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working with this new rule set. Mm-hmm. But then I see all these other gi brands; they aren't working with them, mm-hmm. and we're, we're trying to be ahead of the curve because yeah. it always is a pain in the ass when they, you know, ban one of our gi models, and then we have to change the description, and people get annoyed with us. We get, you know, we get hate text that messages that people are like, "I bought this gi and I can't compete, and it's all your fault." Oh. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. Um, oh but yeah, they, they always ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they always have new, uh, new, you know, new rule sets. And I think they were trying to ban the 350 GSM, which is like our hyperlight gi. And then I think they wanted to stop it at like five or 550. So they're just really trying to narrow it down. But I think if you if you're putting in the work and you're cutting the weight, or you're going up a weight class, mm-hmm. I think it'd be it's okay for you to wear a heavier gi. I don't I don't see what the problem is really. I never understood how. 
you can go to jujitsu competition and and they make you weigh in with the gi because every gi is a different weight. It's just know? IBJJF, though. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's kind of. I know high rollers, you, you weigh in the day before, right? Day of. The day of? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I know there's competitions that do it the day before, like early in the morning. I know at IBJF you have to, like an hour before your match starts. I, I used to compete a lot, and I would, I I used to cut down to, I think it's like 172, right? Mm-hmm. Is that light lightweight? Lightweight is uh, 165. Okay, so 165, like middleweight. Yeah. And I would do like the whole Epsom salt bath stuff, and, and like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before I would compete, I would like weigh in, and then like, try to chow down some food and I think the worst weight cut I've ever done was like 16 or 17 pounds over like Jesus. a couple of weeks and then I did an Epsom salt bath like the, the night before that sounds like fun and I was doing it with a, with a wrestler and I had like I've never cut weight like that before and he's like just sit in the bathtub for like five minutes mm-hmm. and I was on the treadmill before that like covered in Vaseline and like wearing like <laughs> trash bags trying to cut weight <laughs> Wait, I think we've all been there yeah and then I sat down in the bath and he's like five minutes I'll come and get you um I was so tired. I kind of just like passed out. Mm-hmm. And I think like 30 minutes later, he got me out of the tub. And like the next day, a person shot a double on me and I, that was it. Oh. <laughs> it kind of collapsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Well, have you got, have you ever had to cut weight like that in judo? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I, I used to was, cut, that, was that I, bad? It was the most I've done. And this was by, by chance. My coach, we were coming back from a competition, coming back from uh, Hawaii. And I'm on the plane, and my coach is like, hey, you really want to make Junior Worlds? I was like, yeah. At the time, I had just finished, like, snapping my foot, like, you know, just playing soccer. But I still went to go compete. I did well at the in tournament in Hawaii. And, you know, we're on the plane, and there's another competition coming up the same week, like maybe five days later. And then he says... Yeah, we're going to try to see if we can get you to go to Chicago. I'm like, uh, I'm like 185 pounds, maybe 186. Uh, I don't think I can make this in four days. He's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. I come off the plane. I'm cutting weight. I've cut, I cut weight in about 15 pounds in about four days. And yeah, not cool, not cool. I remember getting on the scale and it's like foam. It's like, like cotton. Yeah. Off. Yeah. I feel like crap after. Oh my God, it was horrendous. But yeah. Yeah, but... You know, it's th- that's th- this is what we choose to do, right? You know, we decide to take that beating, and you know, if if you if you decide that it works for you, and you know, it makes you mentally tough. I think you said it best. You know, we, we're doing we we decide to jump into martial arts for something a little bit bigger than just fighting. Now, you know what I'm saying, and it, it makes you that much more tougher in life. Can't teach heart, bro. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I think. Yeah, I think you have such a wonderful brand and it embodies exactly what it means to be a martial artist. So so I got a question for you concerning Hyperfly. So with all these brands, um, you know, on the scene, what is what what separates you? Like, you know, your core values, um, you know, where does your brand stand? Like, what do you stand for in the world of uh, jujitsu, martial arts or whatever the world? Um, that's a great question. I know. <laughs> I think from uh, from a let's break it down. So I guess like from a direct to consumer standpoint, we like to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, still, you know, there's like two sides of the brand. There's like the accessible side of the brand. We have our products that are in stock. They're getting restocked, and we update our products every two years. Um, and people trust the product. They can come back and they know it's always there for them. 
Um, and then we have the side that does, you know, we're doing stuff with the NBA and we're doing stuff with different artists and collaborations and stuff. Um, but I guess really we're just, we're just trying to stay new and excited. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to run a family business and, and run the business like a family, um, yet while still like trying to deal with all the growing pains from it. Mm. So it's, it's, uh. It's it's like a constant roller coaster for us, but we love doing it. Are are you the only one in your family that does jujitsu, or everyone does jujitsu? Everybody everybody has trained at some point. Oh, okay. Everybody holds ranks. Oh, nice. Um, are you still training now? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, um, we were waiting for you today, man. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. He's <laughs> like, get him. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I still train, uh, but I have uh, I have this thing like. I can't like when I'm when I'm working a lot and like when we're when we're working like let's say we're working on like Q4 for the end of the year right mm-hmm. and, we, and we're going through um, a bunch of new products that we're designing and geese and rash guards and all that stuff. Sometimes I spend so much time looking at geese like all day long measuring mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and and trying to you know working on new products that I can't sit on the mat at the end of the day looking at other yeah. people wearing geese because it kind of drives me crazy. Like I just like end up touching people's geese, or like looking at labels, and, like, choked <laughs> out. He's <laughs> analyzing yeah. the fabric, <laughs> um, you know. And I just like, oh, I like that placement. Oh, I like that thread. Oh, what is that? I haven't seen that. Oh, that must be nuts. <laughs> yeah. So you just yeah. like, I'm just like, you know. And then the technique is breaking down, and then everybody goes and go. And I'm like, oh, sorry, what was that? You know, right, yeah. right, right, so right, right. I, I do good with finding partners uh, that that can repeat everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, f- I mean, I've been training for for 11 years, and I feel like it's it's like the journey that never really ends, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether you're doing it daily or you're doing it once a week or whenever you find time to come in and out of it, um, it I I actually have found that I do I do better um, when I take off like a week or two when I'm busy like that when I'm like staring at geese yeah. all day long. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, my mind is not wandering mm-hmm. as much. So I take a little bit of time off and then I hop back on the mats and I do like a couple of months of training and then. Where are you training at now? Primarily when you go. Alliance, Alliance in San Diego with Johnny Faria. Mm-hmm. Beautiful big school. Okay. But let's go back to branding. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as, uh, you know, like, so I guess uh, my question, is, let's just be a little bit more specific with all the brands that's out there, like as a consumer, like what would, why should I go to, why should I buy a Hyperfly as opposed to like um, all the other brands? Um, honestly, we're, we're, we're not really looking to, obviously we're looking to sell product, right? But mm-hmm. we're, we, we're not, we're not really like looking to uh, like lure you out of your brand that you're mm-hmm. behind. Like we, we want people to come to us because they like, what we do, they, they can get behind You Can't Teach Heart, you know, they can get behind uh, the different products that we create, the different um, projects that we're working on, whether it's like a Ukraine shirt, mm-hmm. um, the Philippines, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or even some of the Black Lives Matter stuff that we were doing at the, you know, two years ago, like we, we lost like 7,000 followers mm. in the span of like two and a half, three weeks. You know, we got messages that we're, you know, Satan lovers and that <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit. We're against the nuclear family. Like, oh, it, it was just bizarre. Mm. Um, but that's just kind of who we are. And that's the beauty about being a family yeah. run business. We can we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. Mm-hmm. 
and there's no one really that can tell us that's you awesome do it you know we're you gotta believe in your brand we we believe in our brand and we believe in our mission and, and we and we 100 stand behind our brand and our yeah. athletes and the and, it, we and it's like with. it sounds like there's a family core value that's that's also there 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 is and and some people some people just don't like it you know some people don't like how outspoken we are or, or uh you know necessarily the direction that we take um and that's okay yeah and 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 that's what i it took me a long time to realize that that the, the sport is so big and that there's it's constantly growing there's enough mat space for everybody to you know to be who they want to be and be the brand that they want to be and there's really no there's there has to be no like you know shit talking to other people or like trying to steal ideas or anything it, it happens and it is what it is but i i love the sport that we're in and i have to say like necessarily like when i started working for my family business i didn't it's not really what I wanted to do, like mm -hmm, right off mm -hmm. the bat. You know, working for your mom and dad in, in the garage with your sister was like not super fun always. Um, <laughs> but in a way, over the years, like I grew up going to trade shows in Europe um, to like you know streetwear fashion shows, and I've always wanted to be like a, a graphic designer. You know, I always wanted to have like a a cool posse to hang out with and like a bunch of creative people around me. Um, and so when I got, when I started working for um, the, the, the business i was like this is not it and like jujitsu is not really that you know but if you look at it now anything is possible yeah right um and in a way like i really created the position i really always wanted uh with my family and i didn't go to school for it i just youtube academy a lot of it i watched my dad do all of it my mom you know my mom's like the pioneer in the business for us like my dad comes up with the products a lot of the products and he is one who founded the brand but my mom um, is like really like the backbone of the, the organization. She's like the brains, right? Like if it wasn't for her, um, I don't think we would be where we're at right now. And I don't think we could um, run the business the way we are because she oversees all the numbers to make sure the employees are happy. She makes sure the athletes are good, you know? Um, so she's being a mom. My she's wife. she's she, she is <laughs> like a mega they're, mom for everybody. She's she's a mom for the, the athletes that we've been working with since they're blue belts and the black belts now. She's a mom to a lot of our employees, you know? We're, we're doing a lot of great things for our employees, which I'm really proud of. Um, we're giving people a platform to be themselves, you know, and, and how, how many chase their dreams. How many employees do you guys have now? You guys went from uh, four people in the garage, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. we went we went uh, from a garage uh, to a a bigger house with a bigger garage. And then from there, I think we did another. <laughs> no, we did two garages and then we got a we got our first warehouse. Um, and then people used to come to our house in Locadia and Encinitas, um, in San Diego. And we would tell athletes, yeah, just swing by our house because our house is right off the freeway. Um, and our <laughs> warehouse is really, it's so far inland. And, you know, it's not worth driving out. Come to our house, we have a pool. Come hang out in the yard. You know, I got your, I got your products here. So they'd come by, you know, they'd, you know, hang out with them, play some pool, and you know, just, and we would just pretend like, mm. you know, don't, you know, this is not our office. And they're like, oh man, like I need a, I need a size 34 and I a 32. I'm like, let, let me look. I have some stuff in the garage. I could, I could probably find you the right size. I'd go down there and pretend I'm, you know, and I'd just grab them and run back up. I'm like, oh, perfect, man. Here you go. So yeah, we, we just kind of like smoked and mirrored it for a while, you know, like yeah. fake it till you make it. Um, but now we have, uh, we have eight or nine active employees that come in every day to our, to our office. And then we have, distributors around the world we have freelancers you know we have some people that work remote um but i, I mean yeah we we have a we have a really solid troop right now and and i guess that's why i'm asking is because um 
you know, I don't know too much about, um, I thought, I, I actually thought the people that owned Hyperfly were Filipinos. <laughs> I don't know what where I came to, where that came from, but I thought they were Filipinos. They're think you're Ukrainian, bro. After this, the Ukrainian shirts, are you Ukrainian? Like, as Lord's but, Ukrainian? But, we're everywhere. Yeah, because so, so I'm like, yeah, only a Filipino would create like a, something like this, you know, for the tsunami. But yeah, it, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to tell your story because I feel like as a brand, as a business, uh, people buy into the story of it. So what I'm hearing from you is when you buy a Hyperfly or become sponsored by Hyperfly, you're not just like um, a number, You're, you become part of the family. Yeah, we have we have our first ever customer, Michael Ruthier, he's out down in Florida. Um, he was our first customer ever to buy anything from us. It was a rank key lanyard, we used to make, we still make him, but that was our first product we really mm -hmm, created. Mm -hmm. And to this day, he's still one of our customers um, and we're always chatting with him, you know, like, it, it, the thing is, when you come to Hyperfly and you're buying a product from us, you're also buying sort of into the family, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we always have a phone. You can always call us. You can always pick up. You can always message us. We always try to, um, you know, interact with everybody like like they're they're uh, like directly part of the family. Like we're just constantly expanding the family yeah. in a way. Got it. And then I guess you I just want to go back because um, you are a brand and people in jujitsu are always interested in 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 getting free stuff because I know free is for me. <laughs> so uh, having, I haven't purchased a, a, a gi in a couple of years, but uh, it, it is nice and it, and, and it makes you feel special. And um, not that I'm special, but it does make you feel appreciated for your hard work and efforts. Um, now, from an athlete's perspective, um, you just broke down before, like what are some of the things that you look for in, a, in an athlete? But what are some of the things that you, you are complete red flags for you for not being considered? Because, you know, as you know, like jujitsu and martial arts attract some crazy people sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it all just comes down to like the fine line between being knowing your worth, right? And being cocky, right? Mm -hmm. uh, sh there's, you can show hard work, right? And you can let the work speak for you or you can be out there running around and telling people to F off and that they're better. The mat is the equalizer, right? Mm -hmm. So like you can talk as much as shit as you want, but when you step on the mat, all that stuff kind of goes out the window, right? Because none of your, none of your talk is going to help if you can't actually back it up. And so if you're, if you're out there and, and you're calling people out and, uh, but then you also, you know, you prove it and you can show the hard work that's different, but if you're out there just calling people out and kind of running away from the challenges, mm -hmm. it, that's a red flag for us. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. Got it. Got that's it. like that's like one of the main things for us that really turns us off mm -hmm. when we're talking to an athlete if they're if they're overly cocky, if they're over overly confident, you know, and, and they're kind of just caring. And we're we're not really about like uh, pulling people down that are around you. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want to elevate. We want to make people feel good. We want to make people feel included. So if you're really doing anything opposite of that, you're probably not right for us. And we probably won't get along. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You know, um, it, it's funny because you, you kind of see that now more than ever, that people are starting to come to the forefront and trying their very best to get noticed. And... You know, some of these brands they, they they like the they like the drama, so they also pick on the athletes to try to you know they pick the right they pick the right athlete that's gonna sit there and say, 
all right, we want you to start building up as much of our brand as possible. And it kind of, it, it kind of, if they don't realize it, but sometimes they also put themselves in a bad light too. They put the brand in a bad light by picking this type of athlete. So I was always curious about, um, you know, what makes uh, the athlete more uh, recognizable for your brand? Like what exactly stands out for them? Like uh, besides the hard work that they put out, but is it just the conversation that works for you or how they present themselves in front of other people? I think that um, jiu-jitsu is so unique in a way because there's a story to tell for everybody, mm -hmm. right? And whether you're telling your story um, by like going back to back and winning absolute and, and winning a weight class, you know, and just putting on an, an, an incredible show, like being down on points and, and getting the sweep and, oh, and yeah. you know. Yeah, who, lo who doesn't love that, right? Right. Yeah, we all lo we lo yeah, you we know, love the underdog We love story. the underdog stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, or... Yeah, or it's a, just a genuine conversation. Like, um, I had two brothers meet out, uh, reach out to us the other day, and um, they were asking for a sponsorship. And um, their message was incredible because most people that reach out, you know, they send their pictures, their videos, their podium, you know, all that stuff. Um, and they say, you know, uh, you're the best brand, and I love your quality. And, like, I, there's nothing more than I hate when we – uh, start working with an athlete and they post a picture of like of the stuff they got and they're like this is the best quality but you don't know that because you you don't necessarily have trained in all our stuff right like you haven't you just started working with us and i know you were sponsored by a different brand before that so like yeah I, I, it, these kids that reached out they said um you know we want to be sponsored. We want to work with Hyperfly. But the reason why we want to work with Hyperfly is because we're looking to establish and, and create a meaningful connection. Um, and so I asked him, if, do, you know, what is it that you want monthly salary? And they're like, well, it's up to you if you want to pay us or not. But what we want is to work with, with you and your family because we love the brand and we, we see what you've done with Izaki and Pablo and some of these other athletes that we work with. And we want that. You know, we want to have a long-lasting relationship and, like, we want to have a brand that we can, we can build together. So that, you know, it, that stuff means more than anything to us. So I think I have like uh, just one more question. Um, and you, you mentioned it before. This is a business question. So I know there's a lot of creative people and a lot of people that are that love jujitsu and they want to express it with building their own brands and their own geese and stuff. Um, not to create more com competitions for you, but uh, number one, the first question is, is there enough room for for other brands to um, in jujitsu? And in or or just in general the martial arts world and what are your I guess uh, advice around that? I think there's plenty of space. I don't even think Jiu-Jitsu has reached as as peak in, in growth. Like it, it's it's only it's only going to get bigger from here on out. Um, the amount of white belts that signed up to train after. COVID, like when COVID regulations kind of started, you know, clearing up is insane. Like we've been, we've been selling a record amount of white belts, like whether it's through a physical store or online. Um, so I think the more people that sign up for jujitsu, right, the, the growth really won't stop. And that gives plenty of space for new creative ideas and, and, and new platforms for, for different brands to arise. Because, I mean, we, we started out earlier on, like looking at the MMA industry and then decided it wasn't for us and that's when we went down the route of jujitsu mm -hmm. um but everybody has like their unique story that gets them into jujitsu 
and then wh whatever that is, it just might inspire you and and show your perspective on something that isn't being done within the within the sport yet. And just based on that, you can create your own your own brand or mm -hmm. your own movement, right? So I don't really think that there's always going to be top players. Like if you look at running, like Nike is. A, it's always going to be one of the top guys in there, but it doesn't mean that you can't be doing something that hasn't been done before. Um, and then what was, what was the second part of the question? Oh, that, that you pretty much answered it. Like, you know, how like, um, and kind of like, um, what's your advice on somebody that's looking to create their own brand, you know? Right. right. Um, the logistics, I guess, instead of Pakistan or China or I don't know, wherever you, have you guys produce it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in Pakistan. Got it. I was yeah. just there. I, I, it's funny. It's like eighty percent of the brands are made yeah, in Pakistan, yeah, and yeah. Then like very few is China, and then and then I know or I mean props to Origin for doing it here in the U.S., mm -hmm. but I know it's expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, is there a reason why um, every, most brands do it in Pakistan? Pakistan. Yeah. Besides uh, the cost. Um, it's it's not necessarily. I mean, yeah, the cost always plays in, but they just really really know what they what they're doing mm -hmm. out there. Um, Pakistan, like the Pakistan jiu-jitsu industry kind of grew with like the the birth of jiu-jitsu in the US like mm. simultaneously it started growing it's interesting um, yeah and they and they just they just know what they're doing they're, they're really detail oriented depending on who you work with it can also be a mess um, but yeah I wouldn't cut corners quality over quantity always mm -hmm. and for me for myself like when when I'm working on projects it took me a while to like to get to this point but share your work you know like get people's insight in on it um look at a thing a thousand times take a break look at it the next day again um but don't let it drive you crazy mm -hmm. you know when when people are telling you that depending on it's also it depends on what it is but when when especially the first few products that you're creating when people tell you that it looks great right and 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 uh and they don't see anything wrong with it don't take it as a sign that it's perfect but uh, take that as like, um, you know, like a, a, take it and go with it because you're always going to get better, right? And the products are going to get better the more time you put into it. But don't let stuff drive you crazy because I've, I've, had, I've had projects drive me crazy for way too long, for way too many years. And, and at the end of the day, it's like the smallest thing that people won't notice. And like, it's all about the details, but sometimes it's better just to, to finish it and move on. And, and then when you're doing the second version of it, then, you know, you build it out and you add more to it. But don't, don't you know, dying by a thousand cuts is a real thing. And, and especially when you're, when you're starting out, like you can't afford that. Not at all, not at all. It's funny because that's exactly what it is about being in martial arts. Y you kind of dive into this rabbit hole. And at some point, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to make everything perfect when in reality it is not. You're going to constantly run into those battles in the gym thinking that you're going to th throw a flying triangle. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, like you just But it's YouTube certified, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I didn't see it on YouTube, if I didn't see it on Instagram, it didn't work. <laughs> All right, I got one last uh, one last question, and I guess we could just wrap it up, and you guys could fire off some questions. So, what's up with a Ratchet Dojo collab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ro has no fear. <laughs> you, you, you only missed the hundred percent. You missed hundred percent of shots if you don't take. Oh. Thank you, thank you, Gary. <laughs> The worst thing he could say is no, hell no. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that was a joke, but half kidding, half serious. <laughs> we could talk offline. Um, yeah, you guys have any other uh, questions uh, for Lawrence? Um, no, I think we're... Last minute? Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to share with us, Lawrence? Yeah, do you have any new projects yeah. that you're planning on, like, coming up? Yeah, what's coming up this year, man. Yeah, this year. I, I've been peeping uh, some of the streetwear yeah, stuff is insane, Yeah, this is the, fir the first quarter, man. Like, yeah. People, people want to know what's up, man. Yeah, I saw the New York Knicks, the kimono gi jacket, right? Like, yeah. well, off jujitsu, just on streetwear. You guys are that's yeah. dope, but they're yeah. having a lot of jujitsu inspiration in streetwear, right? Like, right, yeah, that's type of jackets. That's outerwear. what we what, what I meant when you're staying true to your to your roots. You know, doing it organically is mm -hmm. like taking what you're creating already and putting a streetwear silhouette to it without you know trying to invest like thousands of dollars and times and months into trying to create a streetwear line when that's not what you're known for. Mm -hmm. So taking one of your silhouettes and pushing it over to streetwear will do a lot. I mean, it's proven for us that it's doing really well for us. And all the, the Mandarin and the, the Katakana stuff that we're mm -hmm. creating with the NBA kind of ties back into our you know traditional roots of martial arts. So everything where we're doing is always connected to our, tr uh, our roots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but other than that, we have... Um, I'm trying to think, but like, what can I talk about <laughs> without revealing too much? <laughs> uh, we got a, we have a new gi with Humalo dropping Humalo Bahal on Friday. Mm, nice, um, such a nice guy, huh? Oh my god, one of the greatest dudes in in, in yeah. jiu-jitsu. Such a nice, guy. such a good dude. Yeah, I so Breeze trains too. with him too as as well. Breeze goes yeah. and trains Breeze, with him and yeah. uh, Sam. Yeah, the guy, the duo, Sam. Yeah, and then we got a. I think the following week or two weeks from now, we have a um, collection dropping with Bryce Wong. Um, is an artist out of uh, Portland. He's created a lot of uh, iconic. Uh, he works for Nike SB, so he's created really a lot of iconic uh, skate shoes. Um, and we were able to collaborate on a project of the last like year and a half or so, uh, working on a collection. Sick, sick. Oh, I have one more thing. I, I I forgot that I used to do this in season one and two. All right, so ratchet dojo so what was the most ratchet experience you've ever had you know with jujitsu with working with uh no, that's easy <laughs> that's easy <laughs> let's go baby let's yeah, go I, let's uh, hear it <laughs> i uh i was a white belt at gracie baja and a girl put me in a triangle and farted <laughs> <laughs> and then and then oh she God. she denied it <laughs> and i I didn't even tap from the pressure. I just tapped from the fart. <laughs> <laughs> and she denied it. And I was like, maybe 16. So, and, you know, I wasn't really sure how to react to it either. <laughs> so, yeah. I woke up with pink eye. <laughs> 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 Truth be told, that was one of the reasons why I left GB. Oh, <laughs> man, that's hilarious. And with that said... <laughs> Thank you very much, Lawrence, for your time. Uh, we wish you nothing but luck, or, or I should say, um, I don't know, what, what do you say to, to, to a... Success. Success, there you yeah, go. You know, like, you guys are doing great, man. Thank you for being here yeah. with us, and thank you for coming to Kano. You know, like we said before, this is a separate entity from uh, from Ratchet Dojo. And, <laughs> to uh, be clear. To be clear. You know, I want people to know this as much as possible, because this is a great platform. Because the main about. host is so Ratchet. Yeah, you know. He's, it's he's a, a beautiful school. It's a beautiful uh, school, you guys have. Uh, thank you very much. Really appreciate it, man. And you're always welcome to come by whenever you want to come train, whenever you're in town, all right? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. It. Peace.